Alright fellas, how is it going everyone and what is going on? This is Invader and welcome to tonight's episode of the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is episode number 173. It's really great to be here as always and we've got an unbelievable show for you. Uh, much like you guys listening in, we're patiently, painstakingly waiting for the official news about Microsoft's purchase completion of ZeniMax Media. We'll give our two cents, f- uh, you know, for what could be in store in the coming weeks. As well, there's been some uh, big additions to Xbox Game Pass. We'll get into that. Also, there's rumors swirling about a Nintendo Switch Pro coming out uh, to compete with the next-gen consoles, along with a slew of other things on the docket. But before we get into all those topics and dive into things, let me introduce tonight's panel. And joining us tonight, this evening, is a pretty common voice that you'll hear on a couple of popular gaming podcasts. From the Retro Renegades, Next, and Breakfast with Boom podcast, please welcome with us tonight, Crispy Bomb. Hey, what's going on, brother? What is up? And like I like to do now, it is a world premiere on TXR. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I see you're uh, kind of taking one from Microsoft there, huh? <laughs> world I mean, premiere. come on. If you... World premiere. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's great to be here, and uh, thanks for the invite, Invader. And uh, I definitely uh, love what you guys do over here, and look forward to it. Oh, why? Well, thank you, my friend. Well, yeah, we cannot wait to hear your thoughts on what we got in store for the show. But yeah, I love your stuff across all the community shows, and can't wait to uh, get into things. Uh, moving on to the TXR regulars, and I'll start with our buddy from Indiana, Shockley Buddy. Uh, how's things going? Did you just dox me? No, I'm just <laughs> I don't think that's a secret, um, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that, never mind. That's not. Uh, no, no, I'm just playing with you. Uh, but yeah, not much. Uh, just been running through, finish more of a MK11, um, uh, and then going back and play some MK10. I totally skipped that one. I think I got it for like a gift, and then I just totally never opened it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been running through both of those. Pretty dope so far. Um, really hope they put some extra. I know they recently put Melina, so the community was happy about that. I saw uh, like months back when that DLC came. So hopefully they have some more play. And I don't know if the, I think the aftermath one was like probably their last one, but um, definitely excited for you know whenever the next one is. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah lots of, uh, I know, Mortal Kombat talk before the show. Um, lots of passionate uh, fighting game fans uh, on the panel tonight. Uh, but I guess we can get into more as the show goes on. Uh, Timmy, buddy, hey, how has uh, your weekend been? Been good. Uh, today was my brother's birthday, so I hung out with him, my family, for a little. Um, other than that, happy to be here Sunday night. We got a big show on our hands. Um, good guests, good panel, um, and, uh, you know, let's get at it. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Indeed we do. And to round this all out, uh, Centurion, what's uh, happening, brother? What is up, gentlemen? Man, it has been an interesting week for sure, but I have definitely was able to finally get some gaming in. Uh, Wednesday, I just kind of sat here all day, actually did not work from home for a change and actually, uh, grinded out werewolf, the apocalypse. I'm 
I'm not going to say it was the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I definitely was not disappointed in my purchase. Uh, but other than that, man, it is Sunday night. We got a great chat already going up here on the show, and uh, let's talk some games. Yeah, for sure, buddy. Um, before we get into all the gaming talk and whatnot, I'd like to take a bit of a moment to share our condolences on the passing of iDizzy of the Iron Lords podcast. Uh, unfortunately, he very recently lost his battle with his illness, uh, cancer, and you know it truly breaks my heart to see a good person go so soon. I mean. Damn, you know, it makes me feel very mortal considering we're the same age and, uh, man, it just really breaks my heart. Uh, he would frequent our show in the chat and was a pleasure to have in the community. I know he interacted with, uh, you know, uh, with all of us at some point, uh, you know, rest in peace, bud. Uh, is there, does anybody on the panel, uh, would like to share anything before we, uh, move on? I mean, he was just a good guy, I mean... I mean, I, I always knew him as a nice guy. I didn't really get to know him. or should have gotten to know him probably better. Um, but, you know, just uh, it was a tough day in the community and good people. And like you say, you talk about mortality, uh, you know, it makes you think. And, you know, just, uh, you know, prayers go out to him, his family, you know, rest in peace. Um, I'll always say, you, you know, like I wasn't trying to be you know, like it does make me emotional just because, um, like I was telling you guys earlier, when we did that interview uh, for Thomas Mahler, uh, when he was releasing uh, Will of the Wisps, um, Dizzy sat down and showed me how to properly edit an article and get it ready for uh, the uh, Lords of Gaming. And, you know, I'll be upfront, it was the first article I have ever wrote for a big website. And um, I, you know, he was going through one of the biggest battles that any human being can go through. And in the middle of all that, he still took the time to help me understand uh, something that, you know, can be sometimes a little uh, head racking and complex. Because, I mean, when you're trying to make something for WordPress and and Yoast wants you to do stuff repetitively and you're getting all these red flags because you're not making it happy. Um, you know, Dizzy took time to show me how to properly write the stuff so it wouldn't do that. And when I got that, I didn't find out until Wednesday morning. And that's where I will say, you know, I say ironically, I didn't work that day um, because it made me reevaluate some things, too. Um, I decided to not work that day and just kind of want to spend some time with my wife and my loved ones called my dad. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I, I to take a page out of King David's book, um, I would have to say that he... Dizzy was a very courageous person, and um, he stands as a shining example of just how great a human being can be. Mm -hmm. uh, well said there, Centurion. And yeah, he uh, he will be missed. Um, rest in peace, Diz. Uh, you know, we're going to miss you, and uh, yeah, I hope, uh, you know... Anyways, fellas, we will uh, move on, and uh, okay, let's go into our, our first topic, and this evening, it looks like uh, we're nearing the completion of Microsoft purchase of ZeniMax Media, and it looks like uh, 
the United States Securities and Exchange Commission has approved the deal. Now, we're just waiting to hear from the European board's decision, which, well, actually it should have happened a few days ago, but it doesn't look like details have been made present at this point in time. Hopefully we find out sometime really soon about that. Uh, Crispy Bomb, I'll, uh, I'll go to you first on this one, and assuming that the European Commission ruling comes through soon, uh, do you think Xbox will have some kind of a uh, special announcement for this? That's tough to say. Um, you know, I feel like it's there. It's lingering. Uh, you, you see people talking about it. You pe- see people kind of like, uh, you know, shoving it aside. It's it's one of those things like you feel it. You're ready for it. But until it's final, we're not going to know. And I mean, for it not to be final for anybody that's saying that, I mean, you got to check yourself. They made this announcement months ago. You just got to understand a a huge company like Microsoft is not going to do that unless they know it's going to happen. They have lawyers upon lawyers sitting there like it's going to happen. Um, And then when people find out that a lot of these new games that come out from ZeniMax Bethesda are going to be exclusive there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be hurt. And I'm sorry to tell you, I am 99% sure that they didn't purchase a huge company like this to just throw it everywhere. Um, they're going to honor whatever has been brought in the past, but these new games are going to come out and they are going to be a part of Game Pass and they are going to be exclusive to the Xbox console. And you'll be able to play them on PC. You want to go and buy a rig? Go ahead. I mean, Microsoft don't care, man. So we're at the point where it's going to be finalized. The EU is actually, uh, they have a lot more going on as far as, you know, uh, know, what they consider, you know, legal or not. So, you know, they're they're probably going through their process. But I've already seen, like, basically it's pending at this point. It's, It's already went through the, the legal standpoint and they just have to announce it at this point. And I'm sure if something like kind of went to the wayside, we'd hear about it at this point. So I'm just looking forward to something coming out. Um, I mean, who knows? They could literally have something ready to roll. And if they do, I think we'll all be excited if they announce, Hey, and you know, five days we're going to show, you know, have have a show about, you know, our, our purchase or, or whatever they want to call it. You know what I mean? So I, I hope that happens because I feel like, you know, Bethesda has been in gaming for so long that they deserve that. You know what I mean? And they literally are one of the pinnacles of gaming, um, especially RPG. I mean, they, they are like at the forefront of like role playing games and for them to have a, a, at least a small show and maybe hopefully show off something new, that would be spectacular. Mm-hmm. Watch it be at 9 a.m. again, Monday morning. <laughs> you um, never know. Yeah. No, and you know what's interesting? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Thorot was reporting that Microsoft will be holding well some kind of a... Uh, I guess it's a stream of some sort. It's gonna be. It's supposed to be called "What's New for Gaming," and the rumor was it was supposed to be for March twenty third. Now, uh, 
I know that Aaron Greenberg has already come out about a few things and shut some rumors down about, you know, new game announcements right now. Because I remember, what was it, at the beginning of the week, there was an Elden Ring uh, game, Elden Ring gameplay was going around the internet, leaked gameplay, and uh, everybody's like, oh, Microsoft's going to have some kind of a, uh, a show for this uh, coming soon. And it's like, mm, no, that doesn't seem to be the case, well, but... Although the that got leaked after he shot it down, so I, I will say sounds this. like it's coming up soon. <laughs> he said he said no new announcements. Mm-hmm. Technically, most of the game, especially Starfield, has been announced. So I don't know if that's a play on words. You just you never know because he also he, said that just... about Fable and Perfect Dark, and then you know we saw what happened. Yeah, <laughs> these Twitter accounts he, have he been was... established for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna protect the the uh curiosity of it put it that way even if that comes out that they do have a show i don't think people are gonna get mad uh greenberg's done it before uh he's just you know i think i think what i think happened is people might have gotten some answers correct and maybe people were saying to him what the hell's going on how do the people know this but really it's just kind of predictable and if you follow things like this very closely you can predict it yourself you don't need no like, you know, uh, you don't need insider knowledge or people talking. Um, you kind of just know their tendencies, where they're, you know, where they're going. And I think that that was that whole thing. But my intention is that uh, the deal will be announced tomorrow. I don't see this going all week without anything being uh, discussed. I just can't see that. I think it's hot and heavy. Uh, but what they'll do is, is that they'll probably say at a later date we'll talk about it. Uh, they just basically uh, put up a press release and put some kind words out there. But then there'll be another date that we all look at and the speculation will start then. In my opinion, um, if they go uh, day and date, they don't know how to read a room and will be borderline making themselves uh, looking questionable for sure uh if they do call exclusivity then the hero is going to come home so i don't see how it's, it's clear cut uh we can talk in circles about it but the fact is, is that they need to gain mind share they need to become the place the home of gaming if you want to be the best and uh i think they do and that's just my take i think that you'll hear something's exclusive but then they won't talk about anything else i mean there is a shot maybe one or two games, you know, for whatever reasons, get released, and they might get released in a year after they come to Xbox. So I think with this, it's pretty it's pretty uh, easy to know where this is all going. And, and shout out to the fans for just being so, like, on target with this stuff. Like, you know, like, uh, putting, you know, putting it out there that they should make it exclusive, because I think that they've heard. And if they haven't heard, then, uh, then it becomes a big question mark. So uh, I, I do give that a chance of happening because um, I've seen them step on their foot a couple of times. But I think in this case, they're going to be uh, make people happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, a lot of people get at me for this, but I just can't see them spending all that money on all those IP and all those studios without having that just kept within their own ecosystem like crispy was saying you can play these games either on again it's more of an ecosystem rather than 
console. It's on Xbox consoles. It's gonna uh, these games are gonna also be on PC. It's gonna be uh, streamable over XCloud. I mean, there's a lot of options for people to be able to play these games. Uh, uh, like I don't have a a magic. Uh, you know, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any insider information on this or anything like that, but I mean, it would just, it would make a lot of sense. I've heard the arguments that, oh, it'll be similar to Minecraft when they bought Mojang. Oh, they'll just keep it cross-platform. Well, I don't know. I think that this would be a, a different story altogether because that purchase, for example, of uh, Minecraft was done way, way before any, anything of this was established, whether it be uh, Game Pass, xCloud, and so on. It's a completely different environment to where uh, Microsoft started off with the Xbox One. So yeah, like I've been saying, I mean, I would they say didn't they spend do seven exclusives. I think that people will be less hard on them, but to do day and date right out of the gate, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they don't tell us tell the people bad news, and you know, uh, I don't know. I just I think that like everyone said, like Crispy said, like it just makes sense to invest in yourself. Like I was saying, they didn't spend $7.5 billion to have their games go to a platform that doesn't offer Game Pass. Like, that would defeat the entire purpose to bolster Game Pass. Right, right. It just... I don't know. I mean, everybody just wants those questions answered, and I think it would make a lot of sense for them to come out with a video or a stream or a set of videos where they interview uh, the new studios that they just acquired and talk about their IP and games and how they're excited to come to the platform or what platforms that they'll their games will be available on and just moving forward, kind of what is the plan and just kind of get all those questions out of the way or what they'll be supporting. Like, for example, I can't imagine them not supporting Elder Scrolls Online and stuff like that on other platforms. Those, th- those kinds of things will be supported and obviously they're going to honor the other deals that they have like for Deathloop and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo and so on Um, and if they are time exclusive why even say it like it's like we think maybe Final Fantasy 7 remake is going to come to the Xbox eventually but we still they're still like up in there will it we don't know it may never who knows but you might as well just keep them guessing. There's no reason to pr- come out and like, hey, yeah, like, uh, what was it? Uh, Rise, of, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, just wait a year. Like, there's no re- reason to tell them, you know, hey, yeah, just hold yeah. out for, you know, 12 months and you'll get it. You there's know, no it's someone who told that did that Xbox with Tomb Raider. Remember that? For whatever reason, they told it like in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, it's coming to PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I I mean, who could forget the rise of the Tomb Raider stuff back in the day where uh, everybody was getting at uh, Microsoft for funding the game because the game would have been yeah. made without them. And it's like, well, what would you rather have the game to be made and then like, OK, it's delayed a year rather than just not being made at all. Or you might not have gone that game for like another several years. I mean, I don't know. It seemed to have worked out for everybody in the end. Maybe not for Microsoft, because look at the press that they were getting. But I mean, look at look at the games that Sony has funded. Like, uh, I mean, there's there's been a couple as well, but they haven't received the same amount of flack as what Microsoft has. I mean, that's just kind of how the business. Yeah, like goes. they did with uh, Final Fantasy 16. It's like at least a timed exclusive. Yeah, right. but they didn't get any articles of you know, or people saying how this is terrible, what they're doing. Yeah, remember the Shenmue three stuff as well. Like, yeah. 
Like there was, there was a few things. Yeah. There's a few things. Or look at uh, Street Fighter Five, right? I mean, yeah, there's still no Shenmue Three for. Xbox, it's always so. like they could do it, but if Xbox does it, it's out of line. It's like, even though like I'm I'm cool with Ryan. Like there was mm. one tweet of him where he's talking about Xbox and Rise of the Tomb Raider, and he's like, "You gloating, gloating, gloating Xbox fans." And then there's the other one where he's talking about uh, Final Fantasy 16, saying it's a brilliant move by Sony, and all the Xbox fans are, are are salty about this or some stuff like that. So totally two different sides of the stances uh, about the same exact same subject. So uh, listen, um, we know how it's been and and everything that's went on with Xbox. I think that that's why when it comes to this whole decision, it's like people feel it's critical. Everyone's hyped right now. The, I can tell you right now, Xbox is hyped. They're watching us. We're waiting for the for them to drop the news. Um, I really think that, that that we're on the the start or the precipice of them, you know, getting this ball rolling, and uh, they seem to have all the momentum too. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, now, in Major Nate, uh, Major Nelson's latest podcast, he had teased that next week's episode will feature some special things. Now, could this be related to the uh, Zenimax deal at all? Do you think that they would drop some tidbits there, or is it just possibly something smaller, like, oh, I don't know, backwards compatible titles and so on? I think it's uh, he's definitely teasing mm-hmm. and leaking. Yeah, definitely. Like he's saying, you know, watch. And listen, like I said, can you guys, can anybody on this panel really think next week we'll be saying that that they didn't say anything today? Mm -hmm. The deal is done. It's done. They're going to say something. They're probably not going to wait, though. They're going to just say, hey, it's been done, and then they're going to give us more information. You're not getting all your answers tomorrow, uh, if that's the case. But you will get one. You don't have to worry about that. This guy, this one running this uh, lawsuit against uh, Fallout 76, if that's going <laughs> to hold up the deal. No more of that. It's 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 pretty much done. Uh, the story about e- EU is they don't have to declare it, so mm-hmm. it's a private matter. They don't, they're not going to just declare it. That's for Xbox to do. So it's going to get done, and it's it's done, and. We're going to probably hear about it tomorrow. And that's, you know, what we keep coming back to. But, you know, it's, it's I think, definitely major uh, hinted there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's amazing the uh, the atmosphere, even on social media, because the Xbox guys, they're all excited. And then, you know, the guys on other console platforms, they're just kind of like, uh, uh, you know, they're saying one thing, but you can tell on the inside they're like, you know, really yeah. stepping on pins and needles. Like, you know, they're putting on a brave face, but it's like, you know, you really don't know. <laughs> You know, the guy, the guy King Trash is going through like all Xbox fans their games. Well, let's see if what Bethesda games that they're playing. Uh, yeah, the guy the, for for a lot of the Xbox fans, I think it's a a, a real good time. And for Sony guys, they, they definitely, I think, are coming to the realization that that Xbox is here to play. And you know, that you got to read. You sometimes you just got to see what's going on and, and got to give credit to what's being done and stuff like that yeah well fire for a while yeah well a lot of the time you got to read the room too and it's like i don't know the way that the uh, momentum's going for xbox right now i mean you know they're gonna come swinging once they announce this i mean 
I don't know, guys. It's going to be an interesting week, I'll say. Uh, if uh, if the announcement is tomorrow or whatever they have planned, oh, man. <laughs> I just I can't wait for all the news coming out of that. Um, we have a $5 super chat from friend of the show, Dirt Griggity. Hey, Dirt, thanks for uh, tuning in. I can't wait to finally hear that Bethesda games are Xbox ecosystem exclusive. We need to move on with... Uh, with uh, our going lives yeah of course buddy <laughs> it's true i mean uh, i mean we all i think um, we all kind of have an idea of where it's going but just to finally get some of the answers that we want for sure across the so, board go ahead centurion i've been sitting here quiet listening to you guys because we have talked a lot about bethesda but i also love money so i started digging into this providence equity thing that uh tim dog showed us about the investment company here in America that basically declared their investment as realized. Um, and I wanted to kind of dig more into that. And it turns out that they only had invested around, I don't know, it says like $150, $250 million when Bethesda was only worth like $1.2 billion. So if you calculate the fact that Bethesda was bought for $7.5 billion, they made a damn a lot of money. Um, and I really don't see how this is going to be stopped in the EU if, if these investors are making that kind of money. Right. Well, I, I, yeah, cause I saw the article that you're speaking of and it does look well, like, well, I know I'm not talking. Well, yeah, the article, I was just wanting, I actually dug into the actual portfolio mm -hmm. that Providence equity published on saying, you know, on when they bought their stock and how long they've had it. And they made a lot of money because they invested when the company was only worth $1.2 billion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that feels like so long ago because wasn't that back in 2000? They said they, they made their first invest. They made their first investment in 2007. And this is the company that declared it as, you know, realized. In other words, this was the biggest American shareholder of Bethesda. And they have been acquiring stock since 2007. So that was big that they acquired that that stake early on. Yeah, they no well they acquired stock in 2007 that was valued at 1.2 billion and then they uh invested another 300 million uh or wait, excuse me, another well, 300 million in 2007, 150 more million in 2010. Wow. Damn, they made a lot of money. <laughs> oh man. I mean, either way guys, I mean, obviously, we're just guessing here, but th again, the next couple of days, the next week is going to be very telling. I remember, what was it, uh, when they they announced the purchase of ZeniMax Media? It was on a Monday back in September, and all hell broke loose, so just imagine when this sucker is finally realized, what, and if it's tomorrow, oh, <laughs> get the popcorn What's, what's even mind-blowing is when you dig into Bethesda, or excuse me, ZeniMax, you find out that actually a, a, a good portion of the European investors are media companies, like cable companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit I haven't gone through the gist of it entirely, but, um, I mean, if they're satisfied, I mean, at least the on the, the U.S. side, anyways, I can't see the European Commission Board to be all that different. So, I don't know. I mean... Apparently, I mean, they should have had their decision by now, but it's just a little private at the moment. So, 
Yeah, I think we'll be hearing news very shortly, and you can tell, like, you know, Aaron, Phil, all those guys, they're just chomping at the bits to, like, you know, announce this already. So, uh, again, I, yeah. I, I I can't wait to hear their intentions. Like, I know Phil's excited. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I, I think um, that's interrupt, but it's funny that you say that. But I think that there's a lot of amperage going on uh, there. I think Larry's hyped. I think they're all really, they see it like kind of like we see it. It's kind of like a, Closing of a book and opening another book. And that book that they're closing is the no games era. And now we're getting the book where it's the all games era. And, you know, it's just huge. This deal is humongous. That's another reason why they wouldn't. I don't see them putting some of those big ones other than like ESO and Fallout 76 on PlayStation. Is just think about it this gen. If, you know, Bethesda, if these newer studios you know, hit their mark plus the ones they got, if they all release, you know, pretty good quality, some game contender titles in between, they're going to be on par with pretty much, you know, Sony and Nintendo as far as like first party output for this generation. They have that potential. So I would think they're going to do it. (laughs) Otherwise, you're just like back to square one. Like, yeah, you don't have like no games, but you're still like not matching anywhere to the other console, you know, players in the market so you might as well just hey you already got the pc you're gonna make your money back anyway because you already have that base plus you got cloud if anybody doesn't even have a console they can just hey well, i want to play skyrim cool i'll just play it on my phone or whatever so i mean it, it, it would just make more sense like hey we have you could actually almost say they have like the number one first party output they have that potential whether that will happen or not we'll see but <laughs> Well, I, I, again, uh, for throughout the Xbox One's uh, life cycle, a lot of people complained about, again, lack of exclusive. Xbox guys were even talking about that too, right? Because you know, we wanted uh, more games, whether it be old IPs, new IPs, and so on. We, you know, we want to see the content go forward, and you know, it's been a slow process. Now, now they have all these studios, and we're going to start to see the content flowing. It won't just be. Uh, one AAA game a year or two or spread out. It's going to be at least, can you imagine like maybe even every two months you got one big AAA IP. That's massive. That's huge. And they're just going to keep growing. And then you're going to have like these smaller AAAs or even AA's coming out whether it be from compulsion and double fine and so on and whatever all these other studios that they have and it's it's going to be really interesting to see what comes out of them plus there's not going to be the same stress as what they had to produce i mean you look at the time that they're giving these developers to uh really uh realize their games whether that be 343 industries you look at the time that they're giving turn 10 on the new forza title uh fable has been in the works for a little while now and yeah i'm just i'm glad that they're focusing a lot on quality rather than uh you know these certain dates and and uh quantity i guess you could say but either way guys we got a lot to look forward to and it's it's time will tell when it comes to this i know i'll be very curious to see what happens tomorrow um but you know what we will go on to some other news guys 
and it looks like Xbox Game Pass will be getting a huge amount of sports content into the service. As of right now, we have Madden NFL 21, NBA 2K21, and Football Manager 2021 that have been entered into Game Pass this month. And sometime in April, NHL 21 will be coming. As well, there's a Star Wars title, uh, Squadrons, that will be uh, making its appearance in Game Pass as well. Now, Tim, we're seeing EA Games getting a lot of attention through Game Pass. Is having this influx of newer sports games into the service a big deal? Yeah, and I know from word of mouth there was a big boom um, in analytics and I think in, in actual subscriptions uh, once that news went up. So, um, you know, they, they definitely saw a spike. The spike is 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 kind of obvious. Uh, when you do stuff like that, you have people associate your system with certain things like sports, and if you could sway people's association or casuals association to a console like or what it does, and, and you have one say in the left of sports console, uh, or that's the easiest way to play sports games, and it is if you consider with ultimate and everything that's going on with that. Um, you know, it's a, it's a match made in heaven. So, uh, yeah, the answer is yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, sticking with Game Pass, there's reports starting to surface of tests taking place to improve Project X Cloud services. Uh, there's been test screens that have appeared to be running at 1080p, which, you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, do you guys think we're far away from seeing official implementations, or do you think that'll be rolled out like... Well, at least months from now, anyways. Um, I mean, like, the whole... like Again, uh, xCloud is still in its infancy at the moment. Like, it's still well, growing with time. The, well, they'll possibly put the Series X uh, consoles in, and then uh, that'll be... Bump them up even more from 1080p. So I would say... 4k just like stadia was doing mm -hmm. yeah well again actually in a way going back to uh the zenimax talk a lot of people overlook a component from the zenimax purchase right and that's bethesda's orion streaming technology now supposedly mm -hmm. the tech allows games to run at and i quote max settings with minimal bandwidth usage i, I think i remember there there was a demo on stage uh, one guy had a phone and he was playing a game at like 4k and i, I can't remember what frames but it was really impressive uh, what they were uh, putting out there on stage as a demo now do you guys think that this tech will give xbox game pass a huge boost um i don't know too much about the orion tech but i'm pretty sure it's one of the reasons why microsoft made this purchase in the first place and i'm pretty sure that you know whatever it was that orion offered definitely is going to be something that is going to benefit benefit us in the end mm-hmm yeah, well, that's def it's definitely a big part of the deal, I would say, um, especially when you look at where Microsoft has been going uh, with the technology and even to combat other uh, big players, well, were big players anyways, like Google Stadia and the Amazon Luna, for example. 
which it's kind of interesting, especially with uh, some recent news popping up about, uh, lo and behold, uh, the new Edge browser. It has, uh, I believe, uh, some uh, new improvements to uh, Chrome. Yeah, it's been updated, and it can apparently run Google Stadia on Xbox consoles, according to uh, some recent reports. Uh, you know, that's a pretty neat thing that they're doing with... Uh, uh, the new Edge browsers. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, do you guys think that, like, remember, because Xbox has had issues with uh, trying to get the Game Pass app out on iOS, for example. There was issues with uh, with Apple and their store. So, I mean, they're, I know they're going to be playing hard with, uh, you know, some of the browser-based uh, using the uh, xCloud technology and so on. It just, I'm very curious to see xCloud grow and uh, Game Pass, and then you see all these additions with EA Play, for example, uh, the games that they have on there, the sports games, they're drawing a lot of attention. I, I think within the next year, you're going to see a huge boom for ga Xbox Game Pass, especially the Ultimate Service, and just... Like, I actually, I gotta ask on the panel, does anybody here, is anybody here in the ring for uh, Project X Cloud testing at the moment? I yeah. am. Yeah, um, I have a, well, I don't want to say testing, but I'm allowed to play on X Cloud. Does that count? Or is that the same thing? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, well, yeah, because I, I have a Razer Kishi for it too. So, I mean, yeah, I've played on it at my at my job on uh, the shops like Wi-Fi and I know we don't got very great internet. All right. So I mean so it's doing a good job considering. Yeah, considering, but now I will definitely say there is a noticeable difference to having a controller on like having the screen on a controller and or versus actually having it docked into like a Razer Kishi or actually connecting the controller uh, via USB on the bottom of your phone uh, because there there's definitely some noticeable latency in uh, why it's wireless. Right, right. Uh, some interesting comments going on here in the chat. One bad mother, he's saying, the tech is a big part of the purchase. People underestimating the impact of the Series X APUs plus Orion. Streaming will have impact in some markets with good infra infrastructure soon. You know, I totally understand what you mean, man. Uh, you look at uh, Microsoft's uh, pushes within the Korean Peninsula as well as Japan. I could see them making some big strides there with the technology. Uh, also, Keasante, he states that I'm running Stadia on it right now as I'm listening to this podcast. Just tried to <laughs> run Luna as well, but they're, see they're seeing I'm running on Xbox and blocking. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. That's pretty. What happened to Stadia then? I mean, come on, let's let's be serious. What? What? They're just like, hey, now now we're just gonna let you do it. You know, like <laughs> it's 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 actually hilarious. Like, and uh, I will go on to Orion real quick. Um, it, the the streaming uh, technology that they possess that you know Microsoft has clearly purchased, and we'll probably find out tomorrow. I'm already starting to hear inklings even more of that. Um, is that it is a it is made to you know give low latency streaming um that is literally like the whole reason it exists so i feel like because you know microsoft having the platforms that they do in the pc realm they're going to just implement this 
into xCloud. And on top of that, the the updated server farms with Series X and everything else, you're, you're going to see a lot of things happening that you didn't think were possible in streaming. And I think that's why we haven't seen them really truly say, hey, xCloud is, is truly announced. It's not technically still in beta, even though, I mean, most people can use it as long as they don't have an Apple device, which is just, I mean, Apple, come on. Like, like just get with it. Like, I have an Apple device. I'm not happy that I can't use it. You know what I mean? Like, you, know, you want to make your consumers happy or do you want to just fight with Microsoft? They want that it? 30%, man. They want that 30%. Well, you have to provide something that is equal on par. And guess what? You ain't getting it from Google because Google's going on to Xbox at this point. So I just, I don't understand what their play is, but it's just ridiculous. Because, I mean, Apple devices, many people love them. I've had both. At this point, I'm very upset with the last one I just got, the, the iPhone 11 Pro. Not happy with it. Uh, the thing is just, it has all kinds of problems with like, you know, actual, you know, hardware, like, you know, just even the charger port just won't work. Like I have to always charge it wirelessly. Now it's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, dude, like, I don't want to purchase your thing. And, and on top of that, you're, you're keeping me from doing something that I love like gaming wherever the hell I want. And it's, it's a little saddening to me that they're like kind of just in this tit for tat. And it's not just, you know, Microsoft. They do this with a lot of companies. Like Apple thinks they are bigger than everybody else. And they treat everybody like they're smaller, even though they're not necessarily true. It's still like ridiculous. But on a side note, like Orion is definitely a big deal, a big deal to Microsoft itself. Because I'm sure as they've they've built these cloud servers, they're not just going to use them for gaming necessarily. They're going to use them for a lot of different aspects of, of the cloud services. And it's just going to help them, you know, go across the world and and use all of these these technologies that they've invested in, including what you're seeing them do with Series X and how they're they're treating the platform and how they're still preserving like the games we love and trying to make them better as best they can without having anybody do anything to them. I think that's pretty impressive. And I think we're just going to see like the the small tidbit this year of what they're capable of. And that series X, I don't believe has been really shown its true power yet. Even though you've seen a few games that really have, have used a little bit of it. I don't feel we're going to see that until next year. Yeah. No, well can, said crispy. Go ahead. Can, I wanted to make a, a tinfoil hat comment that I have on my own. Um, you know how everybody kind of wants to perpetuate this idea that, you know, that consoles are no more as soon as X cloud or whatever gets on its feet, they don't need to make consoles anymore. Um, but if you look at how they're integrating, um, obviously the, the series S right now, I mean, not the series S the Xbox one S into the server racks, right? Tim dog. What was the question? They're integrate currently. They've integrated the Xbox One Series S into the server racks Correct. over at Azure, right? Yeah, they're they're upgrading to 1080p, but they're putting um, the Series X has been rolled out. But they started with the, the with the Xbox One S. Yes, right now that's where it's all running from. It's running from the S, but the X support is coming. Well, the reason why I bring that up is because. You already know that you're using hardware to power a server rack. Did did anybody want to take into consideration that the same thought went into the design of the Series X? 
there is a lot of untapped potential in the Series X that we are completely unaware of. And we're going to probably be very mind blown when they show exactly what they thought of when they designed the Series X. Because in not only designing the Series X to be used at home, they knew the end goal was to somehow integrate it into the server rack right alongside other Xbox hardware that's in the server racks. So that's where I've always held to the belief that xCloud and home console hardware go hand in hand with each other. One needs the other to exist. No, as long as there's a market, as Everborn Saga said it last night, for home console hardware, Microsoft is always going to be able to provide it because they're using this hardware to, per to power the server racks. And that's where I, I feel... Like I like I said, what Crispy Bomb said, we're going to see stuff that we're completely unaware of because, again, Microsoft is very well known for being able to design a very well put together piece of hardware that is extremely custom. And I'm curious on what they put in the Series X that would make it a lot more easy to kind of integrate it into the servers of the Azure cloud. Well, from what I remember, and this is really me going off the cuff and trying to, uh, you know, I remember them talking about Orion, and then I remember talking about somebody to 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 talking to somebody about Xbox. It was very knew a lot about the situation, and um, what I gathered is is that Orion is the way they do like X Cloud and like Stadia, and like from whatever I guess sort of platform. This is done through an engine where there is an engine that helps the games or the, the stream technology work. So it's like an engine that you write into itself. And that's why you get so much power from it. So it's very interesting stuff, especially considering that they might be doing it for other things too. Well, um, you know, it's just go on. No, I was going to say, like, one bad mother mentioned it right there, the machine the machine learning AI. So at least what I read about RDNA 2 Plus, um, I there's a difference between RDNA 2 and RDNA 2 Plus. RDNA 2 Plus has a built-in feature for being able to use the cloud. And from what I read, <clears throat> the machine learning portion of this is is powered by the cloud. And they had this concept of, like at least what was the article I read, I forget where I read it, was you could have all these Series Xs in the Azure cloud server system that would be constantly learning uh, what something should look like, resolution. Every time somebody plays on this system, it becomes smarter. And whenever no, when somebody's not playing on that particular server, it's learning because it's able to help power that plus side of RDNA 2. Um, and that's where I really feel that the integration of the Series X into the the X the X Cloud system or the Azure server system is where we're going to really see machine learning uh, really flourish. Absolutely. Uh, back on uh, the original topic, real quick, because I really wanted to get into. Sorry, I ADD it. If that one's yeah, it, well, no, and 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 you know, it, it really comes down to like, why are these four four major sports titles coming to Game Pass? And you know, we're used to like seeing like discounts and everything else. Like, 
I wouldn't say right now. I'd say maybe a couple months from now, right before the next iteration comes out. And we're seeing them, you know, basically announcing this now. Now, I know you have EA Play in there, but you also have to realize that even on the original EA Play, they really didn't do things like this until the next iteration was out. It's a little interesting to me because, I mean, one is the biggest North American, you know. Well, actually, I, I would say 2K is is right up there, which is not part of EA Play, which was the more interesting one to me of all of them. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a second, you know, Madden 21 was enough. How did you, you know, and, and for our Canadian brothers, NHL, <laughs> big deal. Okay, big deal for them. All right. And, you know, football manager is no joke. Okay, like the only thing bigger you could have is FIFA. I mean, for those to all be announced in that one clip, I'm just like sitting there and I was just like, w- w- what? I-, I almost fell over in my chair. I was like, you just did what? Like, I could just download Madden 21 right now. And I, I'm i like, it- it- this is what I love about Game Pass. And like, yeah, maybe down the road EA says, okay, we're done with you. Like, we, we used you for three years or two years or whatever it is. You know, we, we-, we got our our subscription service going better or something. But as of right now, I'm just like, how are you doing this? And why are you doing it? And then 2K21, I'm like, but aren't you like microtransaction city? Like, oh, wait, there you go. You just got more people playing your game. That's the first thought I had. You know what I mean? I was like, wow. Like, you have all these people that have not played your game because you're microtransaction city for a sports game, just like Madden. And they haven't purchased it because either, like, for Madden, a lot of people are like, oh, you didn't make it much different from 20, so why am I going to buy it? Like me. I mean, me, it's like every three, four years. 2K, it's like you kind of did the same thing. It's a little different. It's a little better. It's worth purchasing, but I'm just not going to do it because you're just, oh, you know, shoving all kinds of stupid stuff down my throat. Like, hey, you got to buy this. But now you go and say, oh, well, if you're a subscriber, it's free. So you get a kickback from Microsoft. You get the money in your pocket from the microtransactions. All is well in in these sports games land. And you still have another three to four months with irrelevant. It's a total. This this is what Game Pass is kind of getting at. But at the same time, I could still play the base game without purchasing nothing for my subscription. That's that's pretty incredible. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, this just shows how uh, Game Pass is not a one-size-fits-all kind of product for any kind of developer, publisher, whatever you want to call it, whoever's trying to put something in it. Um, and, like, really, I, man, I totally had a brain fart on that one, but that's where I really can just, never mind, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell now, you this. I, it's, not, it's not a one-size-fit-all. That's where it was going. Was No, I was just going to say, like, if we look at it from the PlayStation side or the perspective of, you know, they, they go in and negotiate these exclusives. They're a one-time deal. It's a one-time payout. But Game Pass turns it into a system where these um, developers or publishers can actually have a steady source of revenue on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, again, I'll I'll say this. Uh, for example, on screen right now, there's Anthem gameplay. It's in the service attached to EA Play Game Pass. 
I was not willing to to play it because again there was a lot of controversy around Anthem and because of just you know again the the game was uh, broken at launch and so on. I was willing willing to give it a go recently because again it was already in Game Pass and I I had nothing to lose. And you know what? I was pleasantly surprised with what I was playing to be honest with you. And you could say that about a few other games too. I mean, you go into Game Pass uh for example um Again, you have all these yearly iterations of sports games, and it's like, well, you know, some people might be turned off by like, oh, you know what, I might not want next year's, or or sorry, this year's version of Madden, or NHL, or 2K, and so on, and then they find out that, oh, you know, I just wait a couple of months, and then I can get my hands on it to play it and try it out to see if I like it, and the risk is greatly reduced because of Game Pass and the ease of access, and it's like, well, okay, you know, I'm only, you know, paying a few bucks a month for it to just try out this newer game. So why not, right? Um, again, guys, either way, just... Again, Game Pass is pretty good. I like it. And they're, they, they're getting a whole lot of new t- uh, new titles in yeah. there. I mean, even... Look, look, I mean, we mentioned a whole bunch of sports games. I'd even mentioned earlier, too, that there was a Star Wars title entering, I think, sometime in April as well. Uh, yeah, Squadrons. Squadrons. Yeah. And I've heard some good things about that title, too, even though, even though it's a... You know, it's like a it's a smaller sized, uh, more budgeted game, but at the same time, again, I've heard some uh, some favorable things towards it, so I might want to try that out too. And again, that game is, only came out in October. Go ahead. Yeah. Is it me, or does it feel like Xbox is like super momentum right now? Hey, it's not just you, pal. I mean, I think it's just a feeling that we've had over the past. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know what, it might, uh, Tim, I think you said it best actually earlier today. It's like, you know, I'm still just recovering from the initial ZeniMax announcement from when they purchased, uh, announced the purchase uh, or the intent back in uh, September. I mean, we're still feeling the effects of that, you know? That morning was hilarious. (laughs) Just watching Twitter because you were just, I watched it live. I was like brushing my teeth and then because it was like 9 a.m., and you're just seeing like every tweet, holy shit, holy shit. And then like like this has to, like people are like, is this real? Like this because it seems like a fake thing that we you know would get tossed around Twitter or something. It was just mm-hmm. funny watching everybody's reaction. Well, even on our DM too. I mean, I'm sure everybody's DM was going crazy that day. But it's like I was like, no, that can't be real. That can't be real. And then you know, you These actually better not be exclusive. I'm never gonna buy an Xbox. I hate you. <laughs> It's it was hilarious. Well, either way, we'll find out soon about that. But I again, I'm liking all these uh, goodies that's trickling into uh, Xbox Game Pass. I mean, it's a shame that some games leave the service. Like I know the The Witcher, I think, is leaving at the end of this month or already has. But uh, again, we're getting a lot of other uh, good titles in there. So you know, again, the additions have been really nice uh, for what they make up for with uh, some games leaving. But, um, you know what, guys, we will, um, we'll move on to another topic and it does, you know, it looks like the content battle amongst big publishers is still going strong into this year. And again, we, we keep talking about ZeniMax and Bethesda, but again, there's other publishers going out there and buying other studios. And earlier this week, Epic Games announced that it's acquired, uh, the, uh, 
Tonic Group, which uh, it includes the Fall Guys developers, uh, Media Tonic. Now, Fall Guys turned into one of the biggest games of 2020 with its take on Battle Royale in the style of a like a game show uh, wipeout sort of a thing. And it's, uh, you know, it's still waiting to come to a bunch of other platforms, including Xbox. I think they made an announcement a couple of weeks ago about it. Um, Centurion, we've been seeing all kinds of studios get bought up over the past year or so, both big and small. Would you consider this a good pickup for Epic? Or does Fall Guys just fall under like a one-hit wonder kind of a category at the moment? All right. So... I have two ways I'm kind of like looking at this. This is obviously the first way to answer your question. Um, This is a pickup that is something right up Epic Games Avenue. It's a game that can be used as a service. Um, You can constantly be uh, getting the player base active, um, putting microtransactions in there that are purely cosmetic. Look at what they've done with Fortnite. Look at what they've done with Rocket League. When you compare these games, um, a game like Fall Guys is completely right up their avenue. Um, And I'm really looking forward to what they're going to do with it. Because, yes, um, it's one of those games that um, is exclusive to uh, pretty much a, a very large platform. But at the same time, because it's one platform, it's not exactly everywhere. Um, Is it on PC? Yeah, it's a PC title, but it's going to be making its way to Switch or... Um, and they announced Xbox. Xbox, yep. that's right. And, and I mean, it's already on PlayStation platforms. So actually, I think they gave it away for free at PlayStation Plus. Yeah, a few PS Plus. Too. Yeah. Yes. And so that's where the other half of the, the kind of the question goes. Like, I think it's interesting how... And this isn't a pick on the situation. This is just merely to point it out. Um, how are we going down to this road of, you know, someone has no games when literally you're seeing the idea of exclusives or game or even third party games potentially disappearing from, uh, PlayStation fall guys. The reason why fall guys was a very large success was because it appeared on a platform that, you know, put me on whatever stake, set it on fire now. Um, they put it on a platform that was starving for online multiplayer. Um, even though PlayStation had its own, uh, online multiplayer games, this was something that was kind of exclusive to them that really got the fans really going, uh, excited. Um, there was a lot of people playing it. Everybody was talking about it. And I really feel that helped fuel the success of fall guys. And I just really want to point out now we're going to see that exclusively that exclusivity on the PlayStation network, at least um, vanish. And then also they're having Bethesda games in question on whether they're even going to appear on that platform. So now it's almost like we're starting to see some cracks appear over on the other side that nobody's wanting to kind of point out because what happens now that we're talking about a platform that literally has content being taken away from it um, without warning, and there's nothing it can really do to stop it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, remember uh, for a while, um, what was it? 
PlayStation had Rocket League exclusive to its platform for, I think, about, what, six months or something until it came to Xbox platforms. And that was a hit when it came out. And ironically enough, uh, Psyonix was bought by Epic Games as well, and Rocket League is now their property. It's just... Exactly. Correct. And it's just interesting that, again, these uh, big... Uh, titles are being bought by Epic Games. And is it surprising to see Epic Games where they are now? I mean, they've produced one of the biggest games, uh, well, of the past generation, anyways, uh, and going into this one, Fortnite. Uh, they acquired Psionics, like I just said, the makers of Rocket League. And now Fall Guys. I mean, they even have a very popular uh, game store at the moment, too, the Epic Game Store, where, I mean, they're just uh, getting exclusives there, too, or, you know, exclusive for a time period and what of if time. You, and now imagine if you would have proposed that question at the launch of Fortnite, not the Battle Royale launch of Fortnite, the launch of the original Save the World Fortnite. Has anybody even played that? <laughs> I played a little bit of it. I played it. I, I, yeah, I bought that version of Fortnite, and I actually, I felt it was more, I, I thought it was fun. I mean, I got bored of the Battle Royale thing. I never got into it, but the Save the World campaign, that was fun for me. Um, but if you would have asked me when that game came out, like, hey, um, did you know the, the publisher of this game is going to make a grip of money and they're going to buy big games and they're going to even open up a game store that's going to give Steam a run for its money? I'd be like, get out. You're, you're messing around. That'd be like one of those things you'd see on Twitter, like, you know, uh, like Shockley said earlier, you know, uh, Microsoft bought Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you know, well, it's funny because Rod Ferguson was saying that you guys should be talking back to his buddies at Epic. You're like, you guys should be kissing my feet that I left Epic because that I would have shot down that game. Because <laughs> oh, he yeah. was the he was the one that was head of like their like publishing. He would have he said I would have totally shot down that game, so it would have never been. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, I do remember. Uh... Yeah, that article with him saying that. Oh, that's crazy, too. I mean, I remember the initial uh, talks uh, about uh, Fortnite when it well when it first got a, a trailer, and I remember a lot of people just not being too hyped up about it, about the uh, the campaign and everything. And just when they released the uh, the free to play Battle Royale mode, it's just everything just exploded, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, the mechanics are there. Um, you know, it's uh, graphic graphics-wise, it looks well. I mean, it's running on the uh, Unreal Engine, and yeah, it's a pretty solid game. It's, I mean, I'll admit, guys, I'm not huge on Fortnite by any means. It's not my exactly my cup of tea, but damn, is it done well? Like, it's just exploded with popularity. I, I cannot believe from from where it uh, began to how it is. Like everybody knew Epic for Gears of War, pretty much, and then you see. I never would have thought that they would have had such a huge brand name up until, you know, because nobody knew what was going on with Gears for a certain time. And then once they had moved on, it's like, okay, they got Fortnite. Now now they're buying all these studios and they have this uh, really popular store now. And it's like, damn, I mean, Epic's just really, uh, really uh, making a big name for themselves in the game industry. industry. Well, if I'm right, doesn't Epic also own the Unreal Engine? Yeah, that's yeah, their yeah, engine. They're yeah, an so engine builder. And yeah. that's where I'm just saying, like, and this definitely uh, kind of gives them uh, an edge on the idea because uh, from uh, I think what I've read on their game engine is, you know, basically you pay uh, the 
using the Unreal Engine, I guess, is almost free or cheap unless you basically sell so many copies of a game, in which case then you only owe like 1%, and then it goes to, if you sell another X amount of copies of games, it, it goes to another. So, like, they actually can gauge when somebody is actually very successful, um, and um, I think this gives them a one-up on the whole situation. I, I feel that Epic Games does not really need to go out there and, like, buy all these like studios and get all these games cooking and be all over the place. Um, they have found their niche. They enjoy doing games as a service and because uh, everybody else is pretty much building their games on their game engine. So they already feel like they're everywhere else anyway. So they pretty much just kind of do their own thing uh, with the games that they uh, push. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I will kind of go off of that and just say that, you know, uh, at this point, Fall Guys is the perfect, perfect game for Epic because they're just going to make it free to play. Um, and I feel like that's going to happen very soon. And I feel like it could because we haven't we haven't heard the exact announcement. They just said that it's coming to Xbox. I feel like it may coincide when they say, uh, you know. Free to play games are actually free to play on Xbox, and here's where we start. And that might be what happens because why not have the announcement and have a game that hasn't been free to play until now? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and then you know, for them to just be like, "Hey, it's it's on PlayStation now." Now, now, almost PlayStation is starting to sound like Xbox. <laughs> Cause now, you know, it's it's on PlayStation now. It's like it's like uh, Destruction All Stars. Like no, now now it's on it's on PlayStation Plus. You know, and then, you know, who knows? Like, you know, it, it might be free to play down the road. Uh, you just don't know with these games because, you know, cosmetics it, it, it's there. Like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. personally. I will I will battle myself to not ever buy a skin. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Even if it hurts, like, oh, I really want that skin. I just, I refuse to do it. But there's so many people that don't. And it's just like, Epic just found their niche. And, you know, like like me, when they, they threw gears. I feel gears, like I was just in crosshairs over that statement. I feel like I'm guilty right now. Because you have to think about it. Like, when Epic threw away gears, besides having Unreal, I thought they were done as a game developer. I really mm-hmm. did. Because Gears was so, as far as visually and and the way the game played and how different it was, it was so far ahead of its time. And that was because they were an engine developer on top of it. They developed an engine that made the game feel visceral, feel incredible. And on top of that, you had developers themselves making the game that made the game play different than anything you've ever played. And when they threw that to Microsoft and said, hey, we're just going to sell it. I said, so what are you doing next? And then you have to realize Gears was still around under their wing when they announced Fortnite. Fortnite was announced at E3. It was like seven years ago, eight years ago, way before mm-hmm. they even came out with the Battle Royale. It was. It looked nowhere near what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a tribute to Epic. I mean, I got to give them credit. And 
They just bought a game that's right in their wheelhouse. They want that game for a reason, and they're probably going to make it free to play, just like they did Rocket League, just like they did the Battle Royale, and now the whole Fortnite is free to play. They're going to make it free to play. They're going to make money off the microtransactions. That's their style. That's what they're going with. Mm-hmm. And just to add to that, too, I mean, they did come out with a statement after uh, the announcement. And, I mean, they did say that, I mean, there's no intention, well, yet, obviously, to make it free-to-play. But, I mean, you could you could see the writing's kind of on the wall, like, down the line to make it free-to-play. Like you said, Crispy, uh, Rocket League's already free-to-play, and I think it would be in their best interest to make this kind of a game, you know, in the near future. About the same thing, too, because it just it kind of has that style that uh, again, hey, when, you, a, when a game publisher has an M.O., they have an M.O. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, I think the game currently costs. I mean, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, guys, in the chat, but I think it's about twenty dollars on certain stores right now, Fall Guys. So, I mean, you know, I, I could see them. I could see them making it free to play. I mean, I don't know. Uh, again, the. The, there is not a lot of details on the Xbox version at the moment, just that it's coming to Xbox, which is a very good thing. But, I mean, who knows, guys? I mean, given some time, they could make it free-to-play. But, again, just a lot of really interesting things going on with Epic these days. It's a growing uh, company. I never would have thought that it would have gone to this point, as Crispy was alluding to, uh, going from Gears to this. I didn't think much of Fortnite to begin with, but damn it really blossomed <laughs> but you know what, guys we will uh, move on to some other things other news circulating around the industry and i gotta ask guys do we have any nintendo switch owners here whether it be in the chat uh i, th- I know there's a few of us on the panel that have nintendo switches including myself but i'm one and i'll admit it's been a while since i've played it i've been painstakingly waiting for metroid prime trilogy but now we're getting some new hardware rumors starting to surface. And according to some reports from Bloomberg, Nintendo is planning to announce a new Switch model later this year. It will reportedly have a 7-inch Samsung OLED display. And it will support 4K resolution when it's docked. Now, Shockley Buddy, there have been some rumblings of Nintendo working on a a switch revision for well quite some time now do you think that it's likely we'll see a switch pro soon uh more than likely that's kind of what nintendo does like that's i mean if anyone's ever had a nintendo handheld like with the new 3ds the dsi like they can't help themselves in that area um it's a huge money maker people like just to upgrade like you already saw it with the switch Lite. um so i think they're definitely going to do that to help kind of keep up uh, with some of these third parties. Uh, so, cause that's going to be their big plus if they could get a lot more third parties to kind of fit in. Cause right now they're, I feel like they're kind of in a dry spell. Um, mm-hmm. so other than like, we're still waiting on the new Metroid, whatever the new Pikmin, the new Bayonetta, you know, whatever, uh, the new breath of the wild, whenever the next one's dropping. So I think they got to keep up. So that way they can get some of these third parties that have, are moving on to next gen they need to at least keep up to where they can at least downgrade a little bit to get on these consoles. Um, so yeah, I definitely think one's probably coming. It's been what almost, it's almost been four years. So yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't see why they wouldn't at this point. So mm-hmm. it would make sense just to, just to keep up uh, with the market. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and you... Yeah, that's another thing, too. I mean, the, the Switch has been out for about five years now, give or take, and... Yeah, it's just getting to that point in the life cycle. I mean... Uh, it did release kind of at an awkward time, not the beginning of the last generation, but they had to really make up for the Wii U that everybody just sort of forgot about, <laughs> and then they were porting all of their older titles onto the Switch. Um, yeah, I by no way think most of their big first-party titles are really gonna... They might, like, have an option to, like, hey, to take advantage of it a little bit, but I think they're still gonna be whatever the next game, Metroid, even in the next, like, six years, those games are still going to be coming to the Switch. It'll be such a huge like base at that point if they kind of count all of them. So if, hey, whatever the next you know, Animal Crossing or whatever drops at, you know, probably 100, this thing, if you count the new this new next Switch and the current Switch market, this thing's probably going to pass the PS2 if you were to count both of them. Mm -hmm. um, just because everybody, because if you got five kids, well, well, maybe not five kids, but say you got a couple kids, you might buy each kid their own Switch. Whereas, like, back in the day, if you just, you and your brother had, like, a got a PS2, you wouldn't have more than one PS2 in the household. So they have the chance to, like, sell a lot more hardware. But, um, yeah, I definitely think they're just going to keep supporting. And I hope, because I've been investing digitally in <laughs> this generation, I don't know why I've put faith in them. <laughs> just because I've seen Sony go the way with Microsoft as far as, like, backing up some of this digital library mm -hmm. so i'm hoping they just keep that going i don't know how they can because you know unless they're going to support those switch like cartridges for like the foreseeable future <laughs> i don't know if that's the way but mm -hmm. yeah so probably nice it's probably really nice though i have to say they do make good hardware the oled screens even though it's 720 probably really like snappy looking and it'll probably be able to process 4k uh the existing games and other games that are probably a little stronger which is not a big deal uh when it's docked uh so it, it's gonna sell they're they're a strong position right now um when xbox starts eating or sony starts eating into that handheld market that's when you'll see them really move with um authority in my opinion See, I, I, I personally think that Xbox is not going to go the handheld route. They refuse to. Now, Sony could revisit it. It's been a long time for them. Um, me, personally, I want to see a Switch Pro. Okay, because, number one, I have concerns about their sticks. Because, especially when you put the same stick that caused drift in the light, which you cannot remove the Joy-Con, it's it's a part of the console itself. That's concerning for me. And unlike Xbox, Nintendo has not been wholeheartedly like, hey, yeah, we'll just replace it. Like, it's, from what I've heard from multiple people, it is jump through hoops, and maybe you'll get lucky. <laughs> That's the way they feel. Um, the one thing I always say is that there's there's two people that are Nintendo gamers, there are people that used to play Nintendo and there are people that have played Nintendo now and still love the same games that they brought out years ago. Okay. And if you bought a Nintendo switch, you probably thought of it at first as a portability, but also the second right after it or vice versa was that you wanted the exclusives, the Mario's, the smash bros, 
whatever, you know, they had, you know, at that time you wanted it. Zelda's, you know, so you wanted those games. Me personally, I'm tired of those games. Those aren't new experiences to me. Like, yes, they come out with, you know, these versions of these games that can feel like a new experience. But for me, it's a name attached that's 20 years old, if not more. And I'm kind of over it. Now, the one thing I will say is if they upgrade this console and it's a mid-gen refresh. I mean, if you think about it, you know, between we say eight to ten years, there's usually generation. You're at five. Now, Nintendo, because their success, would probably want to prolong it to ten, no matter what. So why not prolong it with a better version? Are you going to have better battery life? Are you going to fix the Joy-Cons? The screen's automatically better because you got Samsung doing it. There's, there's, there's a lot of good things that I see. There's also things I don't have answers to. And my final point: You want me to get me to get me to get a Switch Pro? Let me play XCloud on there. And I'll tell you right now: the only reason why I say that is because if you could sit there and have a Nintendo, have your Series X, have your Series S, you could have all of these consoles. But if you're able to play on a different console that has different exclusives that you're still going to purchase, which is Nintendo's forte, they're one-to-one in what they sell for exclusives to console, if not more at times. Why not throw something on there that can help the underpowered system actually, you know, put out games that, you know, this this realm that won't touch a Nintendo Switch or barely touches it, even Invader say I haven't touched it in a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you, you can go and say, oh, well, you know, my son or my daughter or my girlfriend is playing on my Series X. Well, I can boot up and play with her on my Nintendo Switch. You're still using the console. There's a reason to purchase it, number one. Number two, you're still going to buy those exclusive games that they have, the Marios, the Zeldas, you, you know, the Metro Prime. I'm, I'm sure that was probably pushed back because now they're like, we're doing this. And, they, you know, they kind of mm-hmm. teased it for a little bit. And then they're like, you know what? We're going to hold this back. And I just it makes sense for Nintendo. Nintendo is one company that's really not trying to compete with either of them. And they're not trying to compete with PC either. It's it's like they're in their own little island, you know, and and they can do what they want. And it seems to work no matter what. <clears throat> But if your infrastructure is not quite there and you can't push out when you're when you're playing, a, you got Outer Worlds on there, but you can only play it like 10 frames per second at times. That's a little ridiculous because you're not <laughs> using the you're not using the back end infrastructure that, you know, Microsoft could possibly provide you. And, and Microsoft could be like, you know what, we'll do it for you for free, but you got to put Game Pass on there. You got to allow there to be an app there. And we'll do it for free. You just never know. And all I say is, Daddy Phil had a little uh, little switch sitting up there on that uh, that top shelf. So you just never know. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, I mean, we know that Microsoft and uh, well, Xbox and Nintendo have been a little friendly as of late. I mean, you look at uh, you know Banjo and Kazooie uh, getting into uh, Smash Bros. What was it last year? Uh, there was a lot of hype around that. So, I mean, they're friendly in a lot of ways. Um, the thing about Nintendo is that you're right, Crispy. They tend to do their own thing. They're out on their own little world. And 
I like Nintendo a lot for that reason. You know, they they kind of go to the beat of their own drum, but at the same time, it kind of kicks them in the ass too. I mean, look at their online. Their online is pathetic in comparison to Xbox and PlayStation. Oh, the fact that you have to sign in all the time really sucks. Um, it's really antiquated. Uh, the Switch, I mean, I, I do like my Switch, but at the same time, yeah, I, I mean, I, I barely turn it on. I turned it on the other day, but I just didn't feel like playing anything. I know a few people in the chat, they say, uh, what was it? Uh, Lady Foxfire, use my Switch at least once a week, you know, that, hey, that's cool. Chaosante, uh, yeah, I've been playing that Bowser's Fury, unexpectedly funny. Yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, good things about that. Hey, Shock, now that I think about it, didn't you pick up Bowser's Fury a little while back? Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I mainly did because I have it on the Wii U because my Wii, Wii U's jailbroken. That's the only thing it's good for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I picked up on my Switch, um, for the Bowser's Fury. Plus, that was a pretty dope game. Um, but I mainly did it because I guess, I don't know if it's still true, but if you, if you pre order like a first party game, usually you're supposed to get an extra, usually give you like, 300 coins which equates to like three dollars but if you pre-order a first party game um it's supposed to be like 600 coins so like six dollars like back so that's what kind of why i pre-ordered it to get that extra i don't know if that still works that way but um but i haven't i haven't really played it yet <laughs> oh, okay. but i was just filling my filling my switch up so yeah. Well, I know you were excited to pick that up. It does look cool. I wouldn't mind uh, getting it. But that's the thing, right? I mean, the uh, the Switch has been like a lot of Wii, Wii U ports have come over, which is a good thing. I Wii U Graveyard. Yeah. yeah, Wii U Graveyard in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, games themselves are getting bigger. I mean, we've had these uh, conversations, too, about storage, even with the uh, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and even the... Uh, the newer consoles as well, the Xbox Series consoles and PlayStation 5. And the Switch got games like The Witcher 3, Doom, Wolfenstein. And, you know, they've had to work, the developers, for example, for these games, have had to work a lot of technical magic with them just to get them functioning on them. Controls uh, streaming, right? Right. And, and Resident Evil, I think. Resident Evil 7? I think it's stream, maybe in Japan only. I'm not sure. Not, not. <laughs> but I think Control definitely is. Not 100 percent sure, but I mean, but you know, soon it may not be possible to port these games over because they've had to. I, I think I remember some devs just talking about it. It's like it was just again they had to do so many workarounds porting it over that like you know i've seen some screens of uh the witcher 3 and hey, you know that's a massive game and it's impressive that they were able to port that game over but they also lost a lot of detail in uh what they had to uh put into that game so it's um i think it makes a lot of sense for them to uh want to have a switch pro and you know, it just like just to keep up with these consoles, because again, soon, like you know, you don't want the Switch to as much as it has been selling very, very well, and it's on it's on pace to again to, to even break some records. It makes sense to do a, a revision, a refresh, just for again, just to keep up with uh, third party. Otherwise, again, third party might not even port over. Remember, one of the big problems with the Wii U was it wasn't getting third party support. At least the Switch, the Switch got some. So, you know, this is a good sign. The funny part is that uh, the Wii U got a lot more uh, third-party support at the start than uh, what the Switch got initially. 
Well, maybe initially, but uh, at least, you know, I, I saw some devs like re and publishers really supporting it. Ironically enough, again, Bethesda. Bethesda was doing a lot of work now. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like that'll be the case, but... <laughs> yeah, I was a huge Nintendo fan, like, growing up. Like, huge fanboy. And I didn't even know that the Wii U was, like, a like a next console. Like, I didn't even know what it was. And I'm like, and I was like engrossed in like the gaming space. And even I was like, wait, that came out. I didn't even know it came out when it did. So that tells you something. <laughs> People didn't know what the hell it was, or even that. Hey, the, hey, the console's out. No one even knew. A lot of people didn't. So. Yeah, you're right. I mean, well, I'm. I mean, obviously we knew about it, but like people would just, you know, you talk to a lot of normies, just a lot of general consumers, and they would be like, Wii U, what the heck is that? Right? Is that like an add-on for the system? Like, a lot of people got confused just because of the name itself was kind of iffy. So... I can even remember the buzz around that, like, I think December when it released or whatever. Like, I can't even remember that even being talked about. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Like, the Xbox One, at least, had a lot more, like, just, you know, even as bad as it was, maybe infamously, I guess. But people were talking about it. I didn't even hear a peep about, like, the Wii U. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, nobody nobody talked about Wii I remember this one guy from my work. He was uh, trying to tout Lego City undercover. I'm like, dude, come on. You're not touting a Lego game. Come on. This is your main reason to get uh, a Wii U. Come on. It just it doesn't work like that. <laughs> uh... What's wrong with the Wii U? <laughs> you're you walk in the room and it like hey says you're too far away i'm like i'm in front of the tv dude you just need to live in a gel cell of an apartment like i do and you never lose connection i have never ran into the problem <laughs> it's easy to scratch that tablet like just the screen like i'm I oh i know i i'm ocd i got freaked out about the tablet i don't know the stylus or something and but yeah, how am I supposed? You can't easily like replace, especially in that thing, replace the screen or I, I can't. Get, I, I I packed mine away. I sometimes kind of consider. I'm like, dude, what if that battery ever spills out? How hard would it be to find that battery? Mm -hmm. No, I think it would be easy. I, I think replacing the screen part was the part. I'm like, well, shit. I don't. <laughs> I've replaced screens in like you know Game Boy Advances and stuff. So I like I could do it. It's just like see, damn. I I'm gonna be up. For, I feel like. Um, the Wii like U kind of there was a feature about the Wii U that I liked that the Switch can't do. Call me weird. I'm glad you brought the Wii U up. Uh, Do you ever play Mario Party on the Wii U? Uh, no. Okay, so Mario Party, at least the one we played, um, Bowser would get locked up in the the tablet, so you would set the tablet down, and in the uh, Mario Wii U version of Mario Party. If you landed on a Bowser space so many times, uh, Bowser would be let out of the tablet and into the game. When the switch is docked, the screen turns off. You don't even know the switch is there. Um, and I really feel like um, the Wii U was more interactive when uh, you were playing on the television, even though the tablet was off to the side. Uh, another one was like Wind Waker. Uh, when you played Wind Waker on the Wii U, the tablet would constantly display uh, either your inventory and you could quick swap stuff on the screen right off the tablet. You, you know how Zelda games are. You got to go into your inventory. Oh, I got to get this bottled fairy out. 
the tablet would make you uh, be, make it to where you could do that very quickly, or you could put the map for the dungeon you were on on the tablet, and so you had this map that you could follow as you were playing uh, the game, um, and I feel like that's one of the features that I actually honestly miss about the Wii U. Hmm. A bottled ferry. <laughs> I, no, no, come on, everybody knows what I'm talking about Like at Ocarina of Time You'd go around with those little glass bottles And you'd swoop up fairies And then all of a sudden later in the game We're like, oh, I got my ass kicked I got that fairy on me It's a genie, isn't it? A, a genie? No, no, well, no Well, you have, well, well, yeah, you keep a genie in a bottle But in, in uh, Zelda You you know, you find this nonchalant fairy That's just minding her own business Going about her life You come at her with a glass bottle Capture her, put her in a backpack Walk around with her for God knows how long And then when you're finally dying You pop this fairy out and she gives you life Even though you kidnapped her and held her hostage For God knows how long (laughs) When do you think that Nintendo is going to have Their next big hit game? Because usually what happens with Nintendo is, is that they, they do what they're doing now, and then they have these hits that come out. You know, obviously, the Zelda sold. All right. All right, guys. You know what? Uh, we're having a lot of technical difficulties at the moment. I think I'm just going to call this at an end. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, sorry, guys in the chat and everybody uh, listening, and we we're gonna have to call this one short. I'm not sure what you can hear, but uh, again, sorry about this. There was an unexpected technical difficulty. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, well, anyways, guys, yeah, I'm going to have to, uh, we're having all kinds of technical difficulties. I'm sorry about this for everybody listening in. Um, I get something I got to work out. I'm not sure why things are going on the way that they are, but, uh, you know, thanks for sticking out with us. I appreciate it. And, you know, you guys rock. And uh, you're just going to have to catch us next week. I'm not sure if you can hear the other uh, guys, but we have... A lot of good stuff in store for you. Next week, we have an interview, a really exciting interview, and more details will be shared through our social media feeds um, uh, going through the week. And yeah, we just we cannot wait to uh, share our next interview with you. But that being said, guys, thank you for sticking with us. And we're sorry about this. We will get this all sorted out. And uh, until next time, guys, this is Invader signing out. Have a good night and uh, take it easy. Thank you, Crispy Bomb, for joining us this evening. It was fantastic having you on. Again, uh, sorry for the uh, technical difficulties. We'll have to get you back another time, man. Thank you for your uh, commentary. Yeah.